Welcome to the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside Julie Plunk. Hey. And John Paul Basham. Yo. We're excited to be with you for another episode. Before we get into that, I would love to encourage you to stop by iTunes, leave a rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast and the review helps us know what you think of the podcast so that we can continue making it better. So stars and words, we really appreciate. Even if the words are, hey, I would love to see this happen better. That's that's helpful to us. That is helpful. Sometimes we get some low star reviews and we want to know how we could make you happy about our podcast. Yeah. Because I consider the one star and no words review the same as an anonymous letter like when I was a student pastor. You get (laughs) an anonymous letter and you just throw it in the garbage because they're not willing to put their name to it. Mm -hmm. So tell us. We would love to hear what you like and how we can get better. We do this thing for you guys, the student ministry leaders, in an effort to encourage you, challenge you, uh, support you in your calling to make disciples of students and their families. So uh, that's one way you can do that, and we sure would appreciate it. Topic today, what I would love for us to talk about, is challenging this generation to greatness. I think the tendency and what we drift towards in student ministry, uh, and we see this in our research because we see two-thirds of students that are active in the church, leaving the church when they when they go to college. So I we see that they just kind of go through student ministry and they leave and they just kind of go through life. And I know that like you as a student pastor, as a listener, like you want more for them, not necessarily out of them, though I, I think that might be a fair statement too, but you want more for them. You want them to go on to live a life that honors and glorifies God, that is missional in its very essence. You want those things for them. Uh, that's what. That's why you embrace this calling, because you believe that God wants to do something special in the heart of a teenager that lasts forever, something great. And so we want to talk today about challenging this generation to greatness and not allowing them any longer to just kind of float through student ministry, but to put a challenge in front of them that actually says, hey, you are meant for something more than just floating through this life. Uh, So here's what we know about this generation specifically. Gen Z is more, they take more time to support a cause. Okay, so like millennial generation would support 53 causes and be surface level support in all 53 of those. You know, they're going to buy shoes because this company sends shoes somewhere else. They're going to buy socks because they send socks. They're going to do all of the stuff. Whereas Gen Z, we know that they they evaluate. They take their time before they say, hey, I'm going to be involved in this. But we also know about them that when they choose to be involved in something, that they jump in fully, that they're more invested, they're ready to back it, not just with a single act like purchasing an item or pressing like on social media, but that they're ready to be involved with their lives. They're ready to be active in it. Would you say that it's right... I feel like it is, but I'm going to ask you if you can (laughs) confirm that it is. (laughs) We'll see. And I say this from the perspective of the ex-ennial, 
which okay. is the few years right before the official, yeah. you know, really true meat of the millennial generation hits. That the millennial generation was a lot more self-centric than Gen Z is. Yeah. So supporting a cause for the millennial generation, many of the millennials I know, it's I'm doing this because it feels good to be to be doing this. Yeah. But any further engagement really requires that you actually care about what's happening. And that is a lot of what we see in Gen Z, that they're seeing a problem with what is just, you know, behind them in the way that all these causes have been treated. You know, it's just a very surface level engagement that didn't actually do anything to fix what they see is broken. And so Gen Z says, no, we actually want to dig in and care about a thing. Yeah. Which I think is something that we need to capitalize on as student ministry leaders. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think sometimes there might be a hesitancy to talk about the Christian life in terms of a cause, because we see a lot of other things as causes and the Christian life really is so much more than jumping on to support a cause. But that's the language that this generation speaks. And so I think by connecting those dots and telling them and showing them how it is, how following Jesus is much greater than a cause, but there are definitely some causal elements in there. And I think connecting those dots for teenagers can really help them grab onto in their process of evaluation, what does it truly mean to live this Christian life? It's not just going to church all the time. It's not, it's not just all of this religiosity, mm-hmm. but there is so much more of a depth to it. I was even going to further agree with what you said, John Paul, because as a millennial, I was born in 86, so I, I feel like I fit that mold fairly well. I feel like for millennials, too, our parents, a lot of our parents, a lot of our upbringing was still in a heavily legalistic mindset, Mm -hmm. too. So we were raised uh, in a way of earning our salvation. And Mm. we have to do these things because then we will be loved and we will have earned what, um, you know, the cross. And so when I was younger... And I even have to fight the temptation now. Like I would do these things because I felt like, oh, well, I need to do them because that's what good people do. Whereas now this younger generation, I do think is is seeing a shift away from that legalism. Their parents aren't raising them that way. Their churches aren't as focused in that in that way. So I think it it gives a sweeter, hopefully, motivation to why they're doing it, which is why they're so into and put thought into something before they jump in head first. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And, you know, we know from the gospel, this is not a legalistic mm-hmm. life. Yet, I, I, I grew up and would say my student ministry experience was very much the do's and don'ts list. Absolutely. And if you did these things and didn't do these things, then you were a leader in the student ministry. And I wasn't even saved till I was a senior in high school. Yet still, because of the outward expression of my behavior was considered a leader. And I think it is refreshing to now have a generation that is saying, okay, it's not about that. It's so much, there's so much more to this life than just this list of do's and don'ts. And when we can light that fire within them, 
we see that they're much more active and much more involved in treating this relationship with Jesus the way it is meant to be treated in Scripture. Yeah, and it's cool to be in a spot in student ministry when, you know, we're all the time in student ministry conversation talking about how we're having to fight culture. And so to be in a place where the culture today of that these teenagers are living in is actually teeing you up to challenge them to something that culture's pushing them toward. Now, it's not pushing them toward the right things. I mean, hear me well in that. It's not like, oh, yeah, just embrace culture and run with it. <laughs> but if the overall culture of Gen Z is pushing them towards real deep altruism, you know, at the very least, being able to shape that and give the Christian focus to it and show, okay, what is the real root of loving others? What's the real root of doing great things? Who are we doing that for? And what are those things that we should be doing? Man, it's like a I mean, it, in some ways, it's like student ministry is on a giant T just waiting for student yeah. pastors mm-hmm. to knock it out of the park. Especially how into they are, this generation, uh, personalities and finding out like Enneagram is just blown up. Yeah. And everyone wants to know like what their mo- what's your motivation for doing that? And, yeah. oh, they're priding themselves on like, oh, I'm that three that's I'm motivated by this. And so they're they're self-aware of it too which Mm -hmm. i think is ripe for the harvesting yeah i completely agree so when like to take that example john paul that you were talking about and say okay like the causes that they support because they're going to support we know from this they're going to dive into something and whatever connects with their heart is that is going to be the thing that they say okay like i'm going to invest time energy action finances when they come available into this thing and to be able to connect the needs meeting with the gospel, I think is really important for your student, the students in your student ministry to see because they will like, it's really easy to get excited about a needs based cause, a social justice issue that they dive fully into. But what we as the church have to make sure and do is connect those things with the gospel. Like here's the unique voice that the gospel has to speak into whatever issue you are passionate about and helping them form their worldview on, okay, like I want to be involved in all these things or this one thing that really grabs my attention. But because I follow Jesus, here's the unique contribution that I can bring to sex trafficking, to homelessness to, you know, fill in the gap on whatever it is. Because the students in your ministry, Julie, because their personalities, they're made up differently, they're going to connect heart-wise to different things. But the unique voice that the gospel bears on the situation, we have to help them connect those dots to learn about that at an early age. So as we jump in, you were about to say something, John Paul. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask your opinion. I was going to toss something right back to you. Okay. (laughs) You know, I could see an argument on both sides of using causes that are existing, like sex trafficking. That is not an overtly Christian cause. It's a, you know, human justice cause, which is good. I could see people arguing on both sides of that. Man, I want to 
if that's an interest in, in the lives of the kids in my student ministry, I'm going to take us into that and use that vehicle that they're already interested in to get them into being proactive, to doing big things, and show them the Christian filter that you look at that through. I could also see somebody saying, man, I want to stay away from those things and begin with the starting point of the Christian filter of evangelism and making disciples and how the fruit of that leads into doing things like all of the social causes of the day. What side of that do you guys stand on? Or or is it one or the other necessarily? Man, so I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to ride the fence here, but I'm going to give backing for being a fence rider. I yeah. think a person must absolutely understand what it means to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as you are connected to the vine, you bear fruit. One cannot bear fruit apart from the vine. And often we set teenagers up to fail in their Christian life, or we set them up to not experience the goodness and fullness of the Christian life when we try to get them to bear fruit and they're not connected to Jesus consistently and often. So I think that is the starting point. Mm -hmm. But I think, too, this generation specifically in our student ministries, they are longing to hear how Scripture and how the gospel comes to bear on the stuff that's in their life. So we saw recently uh, in some research from the Youthscape, that's Youthscape, that's hard to say, Center for Research, yeah. uh, that a poll of youth, uh, the youths, are actually saying <laughs> in our student ministries, we're not talking about the things that we want to talk about. And so things like mental health and self-esteem, how to share faith, sex and relationships, uh, same-sex attraction, all, all of those, 50% or above of students in student ministries are saying we're not talking about these things, yet we desire to talk about them. So I I think this is a generational aspect that hasn't been reported on much, but the reality that teenagers are wanting student ministries right now to help them address the the culture of their day through a biblical worldview. And so that's where I would come on the other side of uh, of the fence of the question that you gave and say, we absolutely need to take issues and say, Here's how we can be involved because we're gospel people. Yeah, like the idea of of same sex attraction and uh, and and marriage relationships and all of that around that issue. We need to in our student ministries equip our students to understand what the Bible says about that and how to interact in those issues. I had a conversation uh, that that we did not prompt this. It just, we were well. I'll tell you how it came up. Uh, my wife and my oldest son, he's 13, and I were watching the new Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix. Have you watched it? Yep. Uh, yes, the day it came out. It is. <laughs> so good. It's fascinating. Like, she... I cried a lot. Man, there are, we, we'd probably need to do an episode just on the spiritual principles that you can grab and see that she wrestles with and talks through. And, and I don't know her and I don't know if she's even considering them as spiritual issues, but there were several times where I was like, 
oh my gosh, that is so important for us to understand. But she talks a lot in that documentary about her activism towards the Equality Act for same-sex couples to be able to be married and have the same right, all those kind of things. And she talked, she kept going specifically to, uh, they could even be kicked out of a restaurant is a phrase that she kept coming back to. And so when the documentary is over, there's some language in it, fair warning. Uh, when the documentary is over, we just looked at our son and said, what'd you think about that? And didn't lead him in a topic. It, I mean, it, it's an almost two hours. And what he latched on to was, how do I process? Because she says, I'm from Tennessee and I'm a Christian and that's not the way I think. Yeah. And here we live in Tennessee mm-hmm. and he is pr- a professing Christian and he's like, how do I, how do I process this? And it was an interesting conversation, but long story to say, our teenagers, and he's 13, they are longing for our churches to say, here's what the Bible says, and here's how you handle this issue. Here's how you love in this. And here how, here's how the image of God still exists in this person as a creation. And here's how we can disagree with a certain stance of life. Yeah. And those are big issues, man. Like, we're not going to solve how to do that. But that, that's how I would answer that question. We have to start with connecting them to the vine at every turn, but then also show how the fruit of their life is to be borne out in specific issues. This episode is brought to you by the new Disciple Now Retreat resources available from LifeWay students. You can find out more at lifeway.com slash D-N-O-W. D-Now, these resources are designed for you to use specifically for your retreat setting, or Disciple Now, they have everything you need fully themed with Bible studies, graphics, all the art, all the stuff, follow-up devotionals, t-shirt design, and the digital launch kit in interactive PDFs that help you plan this event from ground zero all the way to the end. So if you've never done one of these events, never done a retreat, never done a Disciple Now, or you're just tired of all the work to plan one, This resource takes work off your plate in every aspect of the retreat. Find out more at lifeway.com slash D-N-O-W. Lifeway.com slash D-N-O-W. So all of this kind of leads to the the conversation of how do we challenge our students to do big things for the Lord. Yeah. And, And each one of those causes is so multifaceted that I think sometimes students, I think adults get scared of stepping into that. How am mm-hmm. I going to make a difference? I don't even know where to begin to make a difference or to right. really step out and, and do something. And Ben, you just led us in our leadership team meeting through a book called What's Best Next by Matt Peerman. Hard title to say. Yeah. You have to really pause between each word. What's <laughs> best next? Yeah. Um, so, hey, something for him to work on next time. <laughs> uh, 
a better title yeah. is what's best next. <laughs> but he's probably smarter than all of us combined. So oh. give, give him credit for that. It's a great, it's a great <laughs> read. Um, really well done. One of the things that he talks about is ambition and how some in the church shy away from ambition. And we have a hesitancy sometimes to step out and go do those big things because the fear is that we're going to be doing those big things for us. And right. so it's, you know, I want less of me and more of Jesus. And so we just kind of don't do anything. But Matt says we aren't to be ambitious for our own honor or glory, but we are to be ambitious for God's honor and glory, radically so. Dreaming and doing things for God is the evidence, the effect, and the expectation of genuine faith, Yeah, which is a strong statement. Yeah, And so it's not just that, oh man, it'd really be good if we could challenge our kids to do some big things. It's can you imagine the expression of the Christian faith that the community around us would see and the glory, glory and sovereignty and honor of God that the community around us would see if we would step out and challenge and teach our kids how to do big things for his kingdom? Yeah. Mm. And honestly, I think that starts with the student minister. Is the student minister being ambitious for the Lord and seeking to do great things for the kingdom? Are they maybe coming out of the mold of what these teenagers see as a typical Christian in the South? And are they doing things um, out of their comfort zone for the Lord, living in community, serving on missions in a way that's sacrificial? Are they setting that example for them first and foremost? Because that's going to open those students' eyes automatically to, wow, that's a really buzzword, radical way he's living right now yeah that's awesome yeah and i think part of that like if if you're looking practical steps in how to challenge students in your ministry to greatness like you just have to talk about it mm. it needs to be something that you talk about in terms of what you're doing again and the caution there is not a here's what i'm doing not sure. phrasing it that way but just being open enough with the way that you live that it's caught that there's see there's there's clearly something different there, and then just looking at your students and saying, "You can do great things." And here's what greatness means. I, I think it's influence, right? Like using your influence to point people to Jesus. Yeah. And you can take that. It's a very general definition, but if we're going to define doing big things for God or greatness, challenging them to greatness, it's using influence for the purpose of the kingdom. And just saying that that's possible for them will open a lot of their their minds to the idea of, man, maybe I can do something great. And I think in the same moment as you s just challenge them to do it, making sure they understand that it's not comparable greatness, mm -hmm. right? Because when okay. we think of, man, I want to go out here and I want to I want to do great things. Probably even us in this room think of other people who have done great things and we say, I want to do it like that or I want to be like that. And this isn't a comparable greatness mm -hmm. and greatness. I, I we may have even have said this on the podcast before doing something big for God for that 10th grader right now in their life. The first step in that 
might be living as a Christian witness in their own home to a brother or sister, Mm -hmm. mom or dad. Yeah. And that's important for them to see. Mm -hmm. But the Christ focused ambition is also a part of it. Like we have to recognize that big things for God for every person doesn't always mean a big stage. Yes. And also we should want to do as big as God puts in front of us Mm -hmm. for the sake of his kingdom. And there is some tension there, Mm -hmm. but I think opening students eyes to both of those things is just the first step. Like, Hey, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And knowing that it takes, like you said, you're referring to this, but it takes work. It's, Sometime is years of getting to maybe if they have a passion or something they consider great, like this is my goal. It might take a while. When I think about Paul in the Bible and what made him great, I always go back to perseverance. He was so perseverant in his life. And that word may seem really small, not great to some people, but look what a huge impact. And he was just mm. persevering in all the things that he did and anything the Lord gave him. So, like, I think that's just a really good point you made. Like, great looks very differently, and they won't maybe not come out of the gate doing something to a level that they see other people accomplishing. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the same time, it's really important to show them the examples of what is what is being done that is big. Because one of the things that I feel like I ran into in challenging students this way is that they look at what adults are doing and then they say, well, that's an adult with Mm. money and resources and, and a team of people. So what can I do? Yeah. And there's some really cool things like in our area, there's a student led ministry called Wilco United that, I mean, these were high, now they're college kids that have kind of carried it through, but these were high school juniors and seniors. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yep. Only because you've told me. Okay. But yes. So they just said, we we need to do this up. And so we want to lead more teenagers in worship to the Lord than we see being led to the Lord in our churches. So by themselves, they're getting on Instagram and telling all their friends, hey, we're going to meet here for a worship service on this night. And they would post it like two days before the meeting. About a year and a half down the road, they're having to move from one megachurch to the next every three or four months because they're packing out the sanctuaries and megachurches at 10 p.m. at night on Friday nights after football games. That's cool. So there's churches all around Middle Tennessee that are like, we don't have any more seats, (laughs) but this church seats 3,000. You could go there, and they would fill that up. Wow. And so it's not this... I mean, it's a lot of kids coming together, but it's not like this huge machine, you know, right. that's taking some giant organization to pull off. But it's students that are passionate to see other students worship the Lord and just willing to mobilize all of their friends, and it turned into a thing. And so that is an example that I feel like you can put in front of students just to kind of say, hey, it's okay to expand what you think might be possible. Because God's dreams are bigger than ours are. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a both and. Like it doesn't have to be the next passion conference. But it can be much bigger than what you're thinking it might be right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wrote down in prep for this. 
challenge them to think more deeply, ask questions, and process challenging issues. And I think that's a perfect example of that. There's an issue there. And these these guys said, hey, let's think about this further. Like, let's put more time into it. And so maybe carving out time in your student ministry, uh, you know, we're friends of Student Leadership University, and one of the sessions that they do is the dream session. Yeah. where they carve out time to challenge teenagers to dream about their life. What's something awesome that I would do? Take away the barriers, take away the money, take away all of the stuff that we normally cut ourselves off in and just dream. What could you do in your life? And that session is always so powerful because students are never challenged to dream that way. Mm. There ne- there's never a point where we stop and say, hey, just dream about something awesome that you would do for God if there were no, if there were no boundaries around that. Yeah. And the Willco United thing is kind of an example of that. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have this dream, and we're just going to figure it out. We're going to work hard, and we're just going to do it. And by the way, I mentioned that to some students that graduated out of my ministry in Virginia that are college students now. And a couple of them said, we could do that. And they've got like 250 college students coming together to do Hmm. the same kind of deal. Worship, accountability groups, prayer groups, Bible study groups, all spun off of this one worship gathering that they do. Yeah, A different person leads every time. I mean, it's very much college kids like uh, you do it this time. But, right. But they're doing it. That's awesome. So what other what other things in terms of practical? Hey, here's how you can challenge your students in your ministry to greatness. What are some things you can do to challenge? Yeah. Them? Man, I think one of the things that is really helpful. From that leadership position is to take the step of challenging your kids to dream and then help them craft a couple of those dreams and you put some resources behind it. Hmm. But you put resources behind their dream. Yeah. And so, okay, I think this is great. I think this is something we can go after. I think this is something that fits our mission statement. You know, you'll have to steer it some probably. But then you put a little muscle behind it and help them get some wins under their belt. Yeah, It's kind of like when you're teaching your child to ride a bike. We're teaching our youngest, Lucy, to ride a bike. So in that same way, like she needs muscle and help and encouragement at the beginning. But once she's in it 100% passionate, I really do feel like these students are going to run with it. Yeah. But no, I think that's really good. That's a good call. They, they want to see practical applicable on the ground what do I do now steps I love the bicycle illustration because they say you never forget how to ride a bike and when you help a student do what John Paul's talked about and you teach them how to ride or how to engage in this that's something that sticks with them forever and it builds in them the idea of Hey, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Dreams can be achieved. And this Christian life, it, I think it builds, to use your phrase earlier from Matt Perman, uh, it builds that God 
centered ambition. It creates a foundation that they can build on for the rest of their life. If they've accomplished something that, man, I never thought this could be done, and look Mm -hmm. what God did, then that becomes, I mean, that turns into, I think, for most people, what else could he do? Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, there's, there's something else around the corner. And now I've got that win under my belt, and I've seen what God has done through it, and so you're eager to do the next great thing. Yeah. You're eager to do what's best next. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Perman, Big Perm. <laughs> we, uh, and if you want to connect it st- straight to Scripture, like your role as a student pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? So what better way to challenge them to do something great for, for God, come alongside them and help them accomplish that, awaken their eyes and their heart to being able to do it, and you, you, that's discipleship. You are mm-hmm. helping them use the gifts that God has given them and the heart that he has put in them to accomplish something for the kingdom. Last words? Go get them. Go get them. <laughs> Ride that bike. <laughs> I love it. This has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.